I want to show you something this morning that's going to bless you. And um, I, I believe it sums up this ministry, this church for the last 14 years. All right. Um, when I started on this journey and I, I, I knew, I didn't feel, I didn't think, I knew God was calling me to start a church. I said to myself, the only way that you can build a church is if you do it on the word. I figure, because I had surveyed a lot of pastors, you know, I started talking to pastors who had been pastoring for 40 and 50 years and stuff like that. And, and I, it was amazing to me that they said all they did was taught the word. I said, no, nah, it's got to be more than that. So, you know, in my zealousness and my youthfulness, I didn't tried a few other things, but I came right back to the word. You hear me? You can't build a church on anything else but the word of God. So meet me in Psalm 19 for a minute. Psalm 19. And I want to deal with verses 7 through 10. Amen. This morning. I want to deal with verse 7 through 10. I'll tell you what the first six verses is all about here in a minute. But uh, I want to show you something. David is our writer here. And this is a poem which turned into a song. Amen. So they would sing this. But, but notice David, David understood something and he, he, he really uh, gleaned into the, into the heart of God. You know, uh, David was awesome, man. He was an awesome man. Amen. And uh, let's look at it together. Uh, Psalm 19, verse 7. If you want to stand for the reading of God, I'm preaching today. Uh, yeah. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, they are righteousness altogether. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter, come on somebody, also than honey and the drippings of a honeycomb. I want to talk about this morning the value of the word. The value of the word. In life, <clears throat> We value a lot of things. Uh, we put a lot of value on a lot of things. Um, we value our homes. We value our jobs. We value our spouses. And we put a lot of value on material things. But there are some things in life that are invaluable. For instance, friendship. There are some friends that you'll never forget. Come on, somebody. Family. Amen. That you will never forget, even though you want to run from some of them. There are some of them you just, <laughs> amen. There, 
they're family. And you, you got to love them anyhow, right? You don't get to choose who you, which family you're going to be a part of, right? Amen. But, but you understand and know that it's valuable, amen, when you have family on your side. David here is writing, and what he's writing about, he's writing about, he's contrasting God, the pagan God, to the real God. He begins in verse 1, and he says, he talks about what, what I call general revelation. See, a lot of people need to be convinced that there's a God. You know, a lot of people need some, you know, they need more than just, you know, well, yeah, the God of the Bible. So what David said, David said, well, here's what I'm going to do. I want you to look around. I want you to pay attention and if you pay attention when you look around, you realize that you're not alone, that there is a God. Amen. I don't know if you're struggling with the idea of God. Amen. But I want to tell you something. There is a God. Because look what he says in verse 1. He says, the heavens are telling of the glory of God. You see that? He says, that's general revelation. He says, when you look outside, he says, and their expanse is declaring the works of his hands. In other words, he's saying, man, when you go outside and you look at the sun and you look at the sky and you look at the moon and when you look at the stars, when you look at everything that has been created, tell your neighbor, there is a God. There is a God. The idea of God. A man went to the barber shop one day and the barber said, I don't believe there's a God. He said, yeah. He says, why? He said, because if God is so good and if he's so powerful, why are so many people suffering and sickness and pain and death and hunger and, you know, people are starving in Ethiopia and all over the place, you know? You got people who are suffering. If God is so good, if there's a God, then why does he do all of that? Man said, well, I don't really have an answer for that. So after he got his hair cut, he walked outside and he saw a man sitting, a, man, a homeless man sitting down and his hair was long and he needed to shave. And, and, and he looked at him and it dawned on him. He went back into the barbershop. He says, I don't believe barbers exist. He said, what do you mean? He said, because, uh, he said, what do you mean? You were just here. You just came to me and you got your hair cut. He says, yeah, that's what the problem is. The problem is, amen, the only way for that man to, he said, because when you look at this man, look at how he looks. His hair is long. He needs to shave. He said, this is what he said. He said, now, he said, well, I, I can't help him until he comes to me, y'all. miss. I can't help him till he comes. And he said, and that's the same thing you got to do. In order for you to understand who God is, you got to come to him. He don't got to come to you. You got to go to him. Amen. And so when I look around and I see the work of God, the, 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 writer, the writer talks about how God, amen, created everything. General revelation. But check this out. But, but what David was doing was he was contrasting the God of the Bible to the pagan gods. See, what, ha what would happen is the pagan gods or the people would worship the sun. Amen. And they had the sun god. 
and they were they made idols to the sun god and all this other stuff but but what david was talking about he's not talking about he, he was not deifying the sun amen but what he was trying to tell them is i know the one who made the sun come on somebody i know the one who made the sun but i know the one who made the son come on somebody because you can't get to the father unless you go through the son now a lot of us may look around and worship creation but creation can't get you through your next trial do i have anybody listen 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 even though you may be convinced that there's a god and you may be convinced that god is real you can't worship a tree You can't worship a stone. You can't worship your car. You can't worship your job. You can't worship your wife. You have to worship God. And what David was saying is, you have a revelation that there's a God. But remember, you can't worship what he created. You have to worship him. Do I have anybody? Look at verse 2. He says, day by day, day to day, pours forth speech. And night to night reveals knowledge. There's no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. In other words, what he's saying is God does not speak audibly. But God speaks through what he's created. In other words, I'm settled with the fact that there's a God. And I want to say to somebody here this morning... You struggle with that idea, but I want to tell you something. You cannot struggle with the idea of God because God does not have to speak. He's already spoken. And that's what brings us to verse 7. Verse 7 says that, hey, the law of the Lord is what? Perfect. Now, what we're going to see in the next three verses, four verses, these are what you call adjectives. Anybody know what an adjective is? Amen. It's a word or phrase. Amen. Describing what? The noun. Do I have anybody? And so he begins by saying, creation says there's a God, but God does not speak through that. He reveals through that, but he speaks through his word. Can I tell your neighbor the value of the word? I'm going to say it one more time. The value of the word. See, if we pick it up more often, if we get into it more often, you and I will begin to hear God's voice. But not only will we hear God's voice, but we will hear and then we can validate through what we see that God is real. Do I have anybody? Can I tell you something? I know he's a healer because of what I see. But when I go in his word, he says, by his stripes. Oh, come on and help me, somebody. I know he's a provider because when I look around and I look at all that has happened to my life, amen, I know he's a provider because he says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I've been young and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. I don't have a problem with God. Amen. But his word 
is the Bible says, look, look, let's look at these adjectives. He says, number one, the law, which is the word. Now, when he says law here, let me explain what he's talking about when he says law. The word law there has the idea of teaching, like what I'm doing right now, direction and instructions. So in other words, if you want to know what God has for you, don't look at it, try to get it on TBN. Uh Uh-huh. And through a fortune cookie, go to the word. And when you hear the word from the pulpit, come on somebody, take the instructions, apply it to your life, and you will begin to be transformed. He says one adjective for the word of God. Amen. He says the law of the Lord is what? Perfect. There's no flaws. There's no errors. It's complete. The Hebrew word there, that word means blameless. It's full. It needs nothing more and you can add nothing more to it. You know, when you get that good, 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 uh, you know, you make that good barbecue Hey man, that barbecue, you put that rib on there and you put it off, take it off the pit and you say, man, we don't need nothing else on this. It's just, come on somebody. It's just what? The word of God. Tell your neighbor, it's just right. Tell your neighbor, it don't even need barbecue sauce. Come on somebody. Look what he said. He says, what does the word do though? It restores your what? soul. Can I tell you something? Do you know what the word restoration means? It means to turn back because for many of us, we struggle with going forward and the devil is always trying to pull us back. But I thank God that his word can turn us back. He says the law of the Lord is perfect. Now, He goes from calling the word the law. Look at the next part of the verse, verse 7. He says the what? The testimony of the Lord is what? Sure. Now think about this for a minute. The word is bearing witness of itself. But the word also is bearing witness of God, of Jesus, of miracles, of promises, come on somebody, amen, of hope. And so when you look to the word of God, you find out that the testimony of the word has been going on for millions of thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And what we have now is a sure testimony. I I, I always say people come up to testify. But I always tell them, don't come up here and test a lie. Because oftentimes you can't really tell who's telling the truth. Do I have anybody? But when you open the word of God, come on somebody. And if it testifies that God is your keeper, come on somebody. That God is your shade on your right hand. That God will give you strength when you get weak. Come on somebody. You got to believe in the testimony of the word of God. Tell your neighbor the value of the word. The value of the word, number one, is the fact that it is true. It is perfect. The second thing is that the testimony is true and it's perfect. 
Amen. The testimony. I don't know about you. Have you ever stood on a word? Have you ever, have you ever grabbed the word and just say, you know what? I'm standing. Come on, y'all. I'm standing on this word. I used to tell my girls all the time when they were going to school and when they were in school and they taking exams. I said, I want you to stand on this word that God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love. Come on, somebody. And a sound mind. And if you stand on that test, come on, somebody. If you stand on that testimony, Amen. You will find out how real and how true it really is. He says not only does the test is the testimony sure, but it makes you wise. In other words, the word of God changes the way you think. It gives you wisdom to make it through whatever you seem to be going through right now. I got something to tell somebody this morning. You don't need God to get you through that. You need wisdom to make it through that. But your wisdom is found where? In the... A lot of people think that your wisdom is just going to fall out the sky. He did say ask. But he says when you go to my word. Come on somebody. You'll become wise. Look, look what he says. He say, he says, making wise the simple, the simple minded people like me. (laughs) Amen. I remember starting this journey and I used to sit there and watch my pastor, man. I I can't do that. I can't, uh, not me, but I thank God that I stood on his word, y'all. And if you stand on the word, I believe saints, I've been preaching this a long time. We have to put more time in the word we need to get off of facetime and facebook and twitter and instagram and start spending more time in the word of god if you want to be wise you need to get in the word amen look what he says here look what he says in verse eight he says the precepts the precepts now you know what precepts are amen precepts are God's instructions. It's another way of saying the word of God. But precepts are more, if, if, if I, if I want to borrow the English word, you ready for this? You ready? You ready for the English word? Prescriptions. I wish I had somebody. In other words, the word of God. Hey, the other day I went to the doctor and they gave me a Z-pack because I had a little infection in my lungs there. And they gave me a Z-pack. They said, five days, I want you to take this. He said, this is your prescription. Can you imagine if you're going through something right now and you go to God's prescription? Come on, somebody. The word not only will make you wise, but it will heal you. Come on, somebody. It will give you the solution to the problem that only medicine can fix. I done tried everything over the counter. I done took D, uh, DM and AM and BM and NPR and all that kind of stuff. I done took all of that. But when I went to see the doctor, she gave me the what? Prescription. The word of God is like a prescription. Look what he says. The precepts of the Lord are what? And guess what? She knew 
which one to give me. Because there are several Z-Packs. I wish I had somebody. And watch this, watch this. He says the precepts of the Lord are right. What does it do? It rejoices. Oh, Lord have mercy. You know what? I understand why a lot of us come in here looking down, y'all. We ain't got no joy. And the reason we ain't got no joy, because we don't have the right prescription. Listen, we've been going to the world for our hope. We've been going to the world for our help. But if you go in his word, y'all, you'll find the prescription to your problem. Look what he says. It rejoices the heart. Now, he moves next and he says, not only is it a prescription, but look what he says next. He says, the commandment of the Lord. In other words, watch this now. Now, this, this part right here is heavy. He, he uses an adjective, commandment. Amen. You ready? Now watch this. God, you know, we want prescription. We want hope. We want all the good stuff. But the word commandment in the Hebrew there means obligation. I'm obligated to it. The word, the commandments of the Lord are pure. Amen. What does it do? It enlightens In other words, it takes the cataracts out so that you can have hope. If you follow his command, you will get direction. Come on, somebody. Because you're obligated to do what it says to do. Amen. If he says, trust in the Lord, that's a command, ain't it? With all your heart. Lean not to your own Tell your neighbor, it's a command. And the moment you pick it up, it becomes your obligation. And when you live it out, you will see the end. Do I have anybody? Look what he says now. Look what he says. I'm almost done now. He says, he says, now he describes the word of the Lord. Watch how he describes the word of the Lord next. He says, the fear of the Lord. He uses this. Adjective to say the fear of the Lord is what clean, enduring what forever. A fool says in his heart, There's no God, amen. But see, a lot of us we say we love God, but the way we live don't show that we fear God. Oh, ouch. Ouch. Amen or thank you. Whichever one you want to say is good about right there. Okay? You just can't live any kind of way and say you fear God. When you carry God around in you with the Holy Spirit in you, you walking around and he's in you and you ain't got no fear of man, but you ain't got no fear of God and you want things to work out. He says, the fear of the Lord is what? Clean. You know what that means? In other words, you have the capacity now to live a clean life. Oh, I wish I had somebody. I thank God when he delivered me. He delivered me from alcohol. He delivered me from drugs. He delivered me from cigarettes. He delivered me from overeating. He delivered me from all that stuff. And I thank God that when I look back, I thank God that it's because I feared him. Listen, don't take no chances. 
I don't want to keep bringing up the, the, my brother. Amen. And, and I already told him I'm going to be testifying about him anyways. Because I call him overcomer. In the midst of what he's going through, I called him overcomer. I ain't going to call his name. Y'all know who I'm talking about. But last week, his testimony was not, I'm fearing God. He was shaking his hands of God. I want to help somebody with something. Your arms are not long enough. You are not strong enough. And let me help you with something. You say you know God. You say you know his word. But fear means you have reverence for him. Not only him, but you have reverence for his church. You have reverence for his man. Come on, somebody. I ain't your homeboy. I'm your pastor. Come on, somebody. Amen. We ain't buddies. I love you. Amen. But there's a respect that we have between each other. Because we get our orders from God to you. So that's part of fearing God. He says, it makes your life clean. And you know what? I was there before. I remember, y'all. I remember a guy coming. Two preachers came to my store. They said, man, what you doing with that Christian thing or that stuff around you? He said, man, you got to believe in Jesus. I said, I don't care about your dang gone. Bleep, 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 Jesus. I said, if your Jesus is real... He got to prove it to me. And that's the day. Look what he done. (laughs) He said, you want me to prove it to you? I'll prove it to you. Let me prove to you how real I am. The, the, The word of God is the fear of God. But look what he says next. Not only that now. Now watch this now. He says the what? The judgments of what? So not, not only so there's a good side to this. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't call it bad, I would call it corrective. <laughs> it's only bad if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. But it's good if for you if you're doing it because he says well, if you fear him, you will endure what? Forever. But the judgments of the Lord are what? True. And they are righteous what? Altogether. In other words, now the word judgments there. That means God's, God's charge to us. You know, God, even when he's judging, he's just. I may not feel like I deserve what's happening to me right But he's just. Man, this brother lost oxygen to his brain for four hours. There's no way he should have any mobility. He told me his stump moved like ain't never moved before. (laughs) You know, because... He got, I ain't laughing at him, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, he, no, I'm telling you what he's talking, he, you know, because he has leg cut off. He said, Pastor, my stump move like, <laughs> I said, like Jedi, <laughs> you know, I said, <laughs> I, I said, dang, there's no way 
Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Judgment of the Lord. Listen, he judges. Let me just help you. Okay, because a lot of churches are not preaching this. He will judge you here on earth. Okay, but listen, here's the thing. You say, I am, okay, you go on. You keep going on. I'm too afraid of him. Now, let me say this. I used to fear God with a scared feeling. I don't fear him like that anymore. I fear God like I fear my parent. You know what I mean? You, you love them, but you know they don't play. <laughs> that's how, that's the fear that he's talking about. And a lot of people don't fear him like that because they don't see him. But he says, when you go outside, he's wrapped up in the wind. Amen. He envelopes the heavens. You ain't hearing me. He scoops out every valley. Amen. You know what he does? He has hail and, 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 and storms in his storehouse. And then he says, go. And they go. That's how powerful God we serve. Amen. But look what he says next. The value. Judgments of the Lord are true. They're righteous altogether. Verse 10. Now, now here's verse 10 is really the part. I want to stop right here. This is the part that's really blessed me. They are more what? Desirable. Than what? Can I ask you something? This morning, I'm leaving the house. And I asked my wife, I said, you see my phone? She's like, she's like, no, where you put it? I don't know. So I'm, you ever do that? And you searching high and low. Anybody? Anybody? And and look, I had to ring her off on top of that. Now, now, now listen, if it wasn't valuable, I wouldn't care. Right? So in my mind, I start thinking, man, I need my phone, man. Where, where did it is? And I'm, my wife's like trying to calm me down. She's like, oh, just calm down, man. Just, just gonna be honest. And she just left out, you know, see, you know, she, she know when to move around. Amen. Cause you know, I don't want to get no argument on Sunday morning, you know, just put on my clothes. You know, so whoo, I said, all right. So I'm looking, walking around. And then I finally, I said, you know what? Stop. I said, Lord, Lord, help me, please. Show me, show me, show me where this phone is. See, watch this. We got the word in our hearts. The word is so close to us, but guess what? We go looking everywhere else to find. And it's right there next to us. And what we got to do, y'all, we got to use it, but it has to have value to us. If, if, you, if In order for it to work, you have to place a value on it. He says it's more desirable than what? Gold. More desirable than gold, yes. Than much what? Fine gold. 14 carat, don't, don't top that. 
Listen, I asked myself a question. How much value? No, come on, y'all. Let's talk for real now. Let's, let's be for real now. Just imagine if you start putting more value on this than on your job. Then on your panicking. Come on. Then your problems. And you put more value on knowing this. He says it's more valuable than what? Fine gold. Tell your neighbor it's sweet. Now I got to be careful because sometimes I get, I, I got to watch out. Because I don't want to get spiritual diabetes. You got to know how much to eat. He says, see, in order for you to understand the imagery, I want you to take that goal and think about the most valuable thing you have right now, material wise. Why did he say it's more valuable than gold? Because he knew we live in a society today where we put more value on, on, on this than on this. And if we were to put more value in the word, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. If we put more value in the word, what do you think is going to start happening to you? You're going to change. You're going to be transformed. You're not going to look the same next year. You're not going to look the same next week. He says it's sweeter than honey. Oh, Lord. And the dripping of a honeycomb. I, has anybody ever held a honeycomb? I held a honeycomb one time. The, the honey is so pure and so sweet. It's like something you've never tasted before. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But his word, the value of his word. And if you put value and time in it. See, I want to tell you, I spend a lot of time in this. Not just studying. Every morning I'm in this. And I, I, I challenge you to ask yourself a question. What do you put more value in? I remember the time I walked around and took all your car keys. <laughs> if I was on a stranded island, amen, I wouldn't want a boat. I want the one who made the boat. And if you spend time reading, eating it, feeding on it, Amen.